Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Heat Nation, welcome in to Believe in Miami Heat Game 5 NBA Finals reaction. And oh my lord, the Heat are not going home just yet. What a game. I would say I've watched every single game of the NBA playoffs, every series. Best game of the NBA playoffs so far. Game 5. What an absolute battle. And if you're a Heat fan... And you didn't have the most anxiety you've had in a long time watching the end of Game 5. Wow. That was just as one for the books. Heat win, 111-108. So much to talk about from the Heat, from this game. And I really feel like there's only one place to start and... After game four, after game three, Eric Spolscher probably said it best. Look, uh, how do you? How else do you say it other than you know Jimmy Effin Butler? Jimmy Effin Butler. This guy, it is just astounding what we are seeing from Jimmy Butler in the NBA Finals. Like, I'll go as far to say that regardless of what happens going forward, which we'll discuss. Jimmy Butler has now put together through five games one of the best NBA Finals series performances in NBA history. So after game three, I said constantly, one of the best games in NBA history. But now, after what he did in game five to lead the Heat to a 111-108 victory to extend or excuse me, to extend the series and keep the heat alive. It's now one of the best series, individual performances in an NBA final series. And it's made all the more incredible when you take into context the team he's doing it with, which I'm also going to get into. But let's, I mean, let's just start with Jimmy Butler. 35 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, 5 steals. I'm sure as, you know, I'm recording this right after the game, essentially. I'm sure there's some stats that people are going to be tweeting that I didn't get to, that I didn't look up myself or that I didn't see. But just to continue to put into context exactly what Jimmy Butler is doing in these NBA finals. In this game, became the second player ever with two 30-point triple-doubles career in NBA Finals history. In a career. Two 30-point triple-doubles in the NBA Finals in your career. The other is LeBron, who's done it five times. And in Game 5, Jimmy Butler became the second player with two 30-point triple-doubles 
in the same NBA Finals series, which of course also LeBron is the other. It's the first ever triple-double in the NBA. First ever triple-double in the NBA Finals to also go along with five steals. Here's a list of players in NBA Finals history that have had a triple-double and a win in an an elimination game. Bill Russell, James Worthy, LeBron James, Jimmy Butler. Historic performance in this NBA Finals by Jimmy Butler. No matter what happens the rest of the way, we will look at this. I mean, if if you really think about it, People talk about Allen Iverson in 2001. To, to this day, they talk about what he did, and, and with good reason. The game he had and, and the statistical output that he had against the Lakers in 2001 after that 40-something point game, and then they lost four in a row and lost the series 4-1. People talk about that to this day. That performance in that series does not even come close. It's not even close and this is no disrespect to Allen Iverson, one of the all-time greats. That's not his performance that people still talk about to this day is not even close to what Jimmy Butler is doing in this series. 29 points per game, 10 assists per game, 8.5 rebounds, 2.5 steals. He's doing literally everything. And it's just like, when, just when I think there's an answer to how Jimmy can win games for the Heat, Because I said after game four, when they're down 3-1 and Jimmy only took 17 shots, said Jimmy, and I've said it, I've harped on it constantly on this show, Jimmy Butler needs to take 20 to 25 shots a game, preferably going forward now, especially without Goran Dragic, 25 shots. I thought he needed to take 25 shots in this game for the Heat to have a chance. He took 19 shots, 19 shots. Had 35 points. Got to the free throw line six times. Or took 12 free throws. I don't know if it was six times the line, whatever. Took 12 free throws. So he only had to take 19 shots to get 35 points. Made 12 free throws. 12 for 12, by the way. With some clutch end of free throws in the fourth quarter. Absolutely clutch. So just when you think there's a, a, you know, a formula. There's a, okay, every time Jimmy takes 20 shots, the Heat win. Takes 19 shots. Gets 35 and the Heat win. 111, 108. The series is now 3 2. We go on to game six. And I said it after game two. And I'll say it again now after game five. The way the Heat won this game feels like they took back momentum. Obviously, they still have to win two games. The Lakers have to win one. So. Sunday night, we will see what happens. Uh, And then after game three, we know what happened. The Heat lost game four in a close battle. And I'll talk about a little bit why I think the Heat were able to pull this one out as opposed to game four. But before that, again, I keep talking about the Heat, specifically Jimmy Butler. And part of what puts what he's doing in this series what makes it even more historic because there was also this thing that was happening a lot as the Heat were making this playoff run, which was comparing the, the this current Miami Heat team to the Detroit Pistons from the early 2000s because 
this team does not have a first ballot Hall of Famer. This team is more of a team put together. But when you look at the box score from game five, there's there is no there's no other than that one caveat of not having a first ballot Hall of Famer in your starting lineup or on your team leading you to an NBA championship or an NBA finals appearance. There's nothing about these teams that are the same because in game five, you have Jimmy Butler doing Jimmy Butler things, but then look at who else is carrying this heat team at the moment. They played seven guys in game five, Duncan Robinson, a second year player who's undrafted, who started out in division three, <laughs> who transferred to Michigan, went undrafted, and is now one of the best shooters in the NBA. Duncan Robinson, after last game, I said, they got to figure out a way to get him more shots. They got to figure out a way to get him more shots. He only took seven shots last game. Game five, 15 shots. So they doubled his, They doubled the amount of shots they were able to get him. Some of them were tough shots still. 13 threes, he went 7 from 13, 26 points. Duncan Robinson has now scored more points in every game he's played in this series. 9 points in game 1, 0 points in game 1, 9 points in game 2, 13 points in game 3, 17 points in game 4, and 26 points in game 5 in an elimination game. In a go-home game, 26 points. We're seeing the evolution of an elite role player in the NBA and Duncan Robinson. Like you're watching in this series, this guy's confidence. Like there was never a question of whether he was a confident shooter, but think about what becomes of Duncan Robinson after having this kind of evolution game to game in the NBA finals. And the credit goes not only to him, but to the team for forcing the ball to him more. Jimmy Butler passed up shots to get it to Duncan again, which I hate when he does it, but he did it, and it paid off. More dribble handoffs to Duncan Robinson. More actions. The way he moves without the ball on second-chance opportunities, the way he moves when he sees his man look away and look at the ball. There was a couple times where Contavious Caldwell-Pope just stared at the ball, and Duncan respaced and got his shot. And then... The other credit goes to just, and this is obviously what the Heat do, the conditioning. That guy played 37 minutes, and I don't think he stopped for a second on offense other than when he was shooting the ball. Remar- an, just a remarkable, remarkable game by Duncan Robinson. Then you got another undrafted rookie who's in his rookie year, Kendrick Nunn, who after last game I basically said couldn't play. Who He just looked like... He was out of it. He looked overmatched. But I guess when you have a guy with the confidence of Kendrick Nunn, who is somewhat of a limited player, you just this is the type of thing you live with. One day he's not great, but then he comes out in game five, goes six of 11 from the field, two of four from three, 14 points, four rebounds, three assists, huge plays, clutch threes, Smart plays, gets that offensive rebound. Rajon Rondo staring at the rim on a heat three, and Kendrick just goes up, gets an offensive rebound, 
gets a putback. Huge bucket. Kendrick Nunn, not as young as the other young guys, but still an undrafted rookie. And of course, Tyler Hero. I mean, what can you say? Guys scored double figures every game in the playoffs. Makes two free throws with 1.6 seconds left in the game five of the NBA Finals to put the heat up by three to clinch the game. 20 years old. The youngest starter in NBA Finals history. These are the guys that Jimmy Butler is having one of the best NBA Finals series of all time with. It makes it one of the best NBA Finals series now ever, in my opinion. Now look, it would help if it goes to Game 7. But either way, how many people picked the Lakers to sweep the Heat? A lot. Even if the Heat were completely healthy, which they're still not, no Goran Dragic. People picked them to lose. And I get it's just another notch on why this is one of the greatest NBA Finals performances we've ever seen, what Jimmy Butler is doing right now. And obviously, look, if the Heat are not able to continue to come back and they lose in Game 6, God forbid, right? But if it happens... This obviously can't be in the top five, top six NBA Finals performances of all time because those type of spots are reserved for team guys who win NBA championships. But it's going to be, man, if it's not a top 10 series performance of all time when this is all said and done, unless he has an absolute dud, which I don't see happening in game six, it's, it is approaching that territory, what he's doing. Again, Second player ever with two 30-point triple-doubles in a series or in a career in the NBA Finals with LeBron. He's only the fourth player ever to have a triple-double and a win in a Finals elimination game. It's just unbelievable. And shout-out to Spo because I think they were a little... I mean, I think Jimmy was a little thrown off in game four with Anthony Davis guarding him. I think Spo was a little thrown off by it and they had to adjust and they did. They went back. Miami went back to a lot of the guard to guard pistol action and step up screens that they were doing in game three that worked so well that have really thrown off the Lakers. They added in a little wrinkle of a, a two two guards screening for Jimmy Butler at the top of the key. They called a horn, Jeff Van Gundy called it like a horns action. It's like a double ball screen at the top, trying to get a switch either way. And Jimmy just feasted again, again. Thirty five points, eleven or nineteen from the field. Just just absolutely incredible all around. And and this is here. Here's what what should give the Heat to me confidence. Jimmy Butler said it pretty perfectly after the game. He's like, I, I think I still don't think we played perfect. Didn't rebound when we were supposed to in spots. Anthony Davis gets a wide open offensive rebound at the end of the game that looks like it might put it away, right? Like those are unacceptable situ- like things to happen. The Lakers, once again, 12 offensive rebounds. Oh, and oh, by the way, outscored the Heat in fast break points 25 to 4. The Heat transition defense was horrendous. All night. It was bad. The Heat's transition defense was bad. But I'll tell you what's not bad. 
The transition defense, it's fixable. That's focus. Getting back, not watching the ball when shots go up. Get back. Don't turn the ball over. Limit turnovers. He had 13 turnovers. They can limit turnovers. But what was not awful was their half-court defense. And what hasn't been awful for three games in a row now. Their half-court defense, incredible. Look, LeBron James had 40. 40 points. LeBron James, the best player in NBA history, particularly if he wins this series, different conversation for a different show and a different day, put the Lakers on his back and said, I'm winning this game. He had 40, but he was 6 of 9 from 3. If you're the Heat, if you're the Miami Heat, and LeBron James is taking nine threes, most games he's not going 6 of 9 from 3. You got to be pretty happy. Jeff Van Gundy, again, on the broadcast said, most nights when LeBron James hits six threes, you're losing that game. Anthony Davis only took 15 shots. Yes, he finished with 28. Got to the line eight times. Not ideal, but that's going to happen. But again, not only did he only take 15 shots, but the shots were tough. He's not getting shots around the rim. It's all pull-up jumpers, right? He took five threes. He knocked down two of them. He was taking those mid-range jumpers. That's, again, if you're the Heat, you're looking at the performance at 68 points between those two guys, but nothing was easy. Tons of three-pointers, 14 threes between the two of them, and... Every shot Anthony Davis took was tough other than offensive rebounds, putbacks, what have you. So if you're looking at this game, if you're the Heat, you struggled in transition defense. He gave up 12 more offensive rebounds. But you got to feel good about the defense again. And really, if you look at it, after game five, I said... Well, if Danny Green, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, you know, Rondo and all these guys are going to combine for 52 points, you're probably going to lose. But you're also saying to yourself, well, we feel pretty good that those guys are the ones that beat us and not LeBron and AD. And here in game five, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you know, hats off to him having a great series. He had another 16 points and hit some clutch shots. But everybody else, I think Lakers fans have had enough of Kuzma at this point. They weren't happy with him. Seven points. Danny Green, eight points. Rondo, four. Markeith Morris didn't score. He's been on fire in the series. So, again, if you're the Heat, you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, KCP, go ahead and take 15 shots. Kuzma, take 10. Rondo, take seven. That's cool. We want you guys taking those shots because if you guys beat us, then you beat us. But LeBron, he almost carried him. But you feel good that he had to do it by making six threes. I, I, I would feel good about that. I would feel good about that. If, if, if I'm the Heat, I'm looking at the defense and I'm saying, if we shore up our transition defense, we can legitimately win this series. We can legitimately push this to a game seven. You, you got to feel that way coming out. And you got to feel like, Regardless of how well LeBron played, you have the best player in the series right now. Jimmy Butler is playing that well. Not the best NBA player, but the best player in this series. Jimmy Butler is playing that well. 
LeBron's incredible. There's no question. But Jimmy Butler is having an otherworldly series right now in the NBA Finals. And by the way, just to add a little bit to it, right? Game five was the first loss in a closeout game in in the NBA Finals in LeBron's career. So Jimmy Butler's got that going for him now, too. I mean, the Heat in particular, but Jimmy, I mean, the story's Jimmy, right? And I don't want to harp on this topic too much, right? But if you're looking for sort of momentum shift things, it was also the Lakers' first loss wearing the Mamba jerseys, right? And love Kobe, love him, miss him. But the Lakers seemed to generate some type of confidence when they wore those jerseys. It was a big deal that they were wearing those jerseys in game five. It really was. Um, and I don't know how much I buy into th- this type of thing, but if you're looking for something like that, there was a lot of confidence that they got. They talk about those jerseys. They were undefeated in those jerseys. They chose to wear, the, wear those jerseys. They weren't supposed to wear those jerseys in game five. They were supposed to wear them in, I think it was game two or three in game seven. And they're still planning on wearing them in game seven, but they chose to wear them in game five because they thought this was the way they were going to close it out. So you got to wonder how that impacts. Probably not a ton, but they were undefeated in them before. Now they're not. You got to feel pretty good if you're the Heat. No Goron still. And I'll tell you what else. Bam doesn't look great. He's fine. But like I said last game, I still think this is not offensively a great matchup for him. You know, he had, he finished with 13 points, which is kind of BAM-ish, but four assists, four rebounds. He's probably not still 100% healthy, but it's just not, he, he still doesn't look great. So your second most talented player, your second best player is still not playing great. You don't have your third best player, your leading scorer in the playoffs, and you still cut it to 3-2. It's... It's pretty remarkable what's happening for this. You know, there's no, again, there's no morals victories with this, but you got to think like going forward, whatever else happens with this Heat team, this has been sort of just an an incredible, incredible run. And it's not over by, by any means. Obviously, it's not over. The Heat just took back some momentum and, and legitimately can go in in game six and push this to a game seven. It's the bubble, Jimmy Butler, the way he's playing. And who knows, maybe Goron comes back. I got to think that after he warmed up for game four and his designation has still not moved anywhere other than doubtful, that we probably will not see Goran Dragic play in the NBA Finals. It's unfortunate Obviously, you want him. Obviously, you need him. But I just, I I don't see, it just seems weird to me that he warmed up, but he never moved past doubtful. And it didn't even really seem like there was a chance he was going to play in game five. So I got to wonder if, again, if it's those, if it's that day to day, like some days it feels good, some days it doesn't. 
who knows who, who really uh, really who knows it, it, it's such a it sucks that it has to be like that for him but it, it is what it is now you've won two games without him now you've seen defensively we know exactly what we got to do to stop this team and we've done it for basically three games in a row we also know that when Jimmy Butler when our best player is assertive and aggressive and is looking to score and says, I'm going to be the best player on the floor. He can do it. He can absolutely do it. So you go looking ahead to game five, excuse me, game six, and you got to be feeling pretty decent. Got to be feeling pretty decent. The one thing I'll say, (laughs) Eric Spolster is just amazing. He really is. He, it's just fascinating. Like, the the way he adjusts from game to game, it's just like in game three. I said he won't get the credit he deserves because Jimmy Butler had one of the best games ever. And again, Jimmy Butler had another one of the best games in the NBA Finals ever, really statistically, and just all around. So Spo won't get the credit. But look, he cut down the he cut down the rotation of seven guys. And Part of what you worry about with this Lakers team in this series was that they were so much bigger. doesn't matter. Spo saw something, and he said, the only guys coming off the bench for me in Game 5 are Kendrick Nunn and Andre Godala. Kelly O, your offense has been great, but your defense looks suspect. So you're not playing. Solomon Hill, you got your, you got your minutes, not playing. Myers Leonard, obviously, once Bam came back, you're out of the rotation. It just seemed like, without Goron, that you're going to have to go a little deeper. You're going to have to find guys to contribute. Nope. Spo. Spo knows better. Clearly. Seven guys played. Heat win. And Jimmy Butler. The last thing I'll say about Jimmy Butler, and I'll probably just end off with this. I never in a million years would have thought that I was going to ever call Jimmy Butler a top 10 player in the NBA. I just didn't think he had that. I just, I just didn't, you know, I, I never, I thought to me, a top 10 player has to be a guy that you can count on to win you games in big moments that can go and get you 30 any night that could score from anywhere on the floor that can really just put a team on their back in the most important times. And I would be honest, even before the playoffs, I wasn't sure Jimmy Butler was that guy. Not only has Jimmy Butler shown in the NBA Finals that he's that guy, but he's one of the best of those guys in the NBA. He is, he's elevating himself to a status that very few players in the NBA are at. I mean, there's a list of guys in the NBA. LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, Anthony Davis, Steph to me, James Harden, as a scorer, James Harden. But I mean, even right now, who you wouldn't take you wouldn't take James Harden over Jimmy Butler. You probably wouldn't. I don't know if you would take Steph right now over Jimmy Butler or the way what what Jimmy's doing by himself. It, it's just remarkable. After you after those top guys, Jimmy has catapulted himself into a conversation that I never thought I would talk about him in into an elite stratosphere of NBA players and good for him because 
everything he has had to deal with in his NBA career in terms of perception. Now we're talking about a guy who, not just a top 10 player, but every game creeping closer to being one of the best players in the NBA. I don't think he can ever be on the LeBron, KD, Kawhi level. But damn, if he isn't in the tier right below after this finals, then what are you looking at? Because this guy can clearly do whatever he wants whenever he wants to. It is unbelievable. And now we get to see if he can do it one more time and then two more times. I believe that he can keep doing it whenever he wants. If he decides to keep playing aggressive like this to score every night, he can do it whenever he wants. Can these young guys keep doing what they're doing? Can they keep getting shots to Duncan Robinson? Can Kendrick Nunn have another great game off the bench? Can Tyler Hero continue to be clutch every single second half? We'll see. It's unheard of. It's not supposed to happen, but the Heat weren't supposed to be here. A five seed's not supposed to be in the NBA Finals. This roster wasn't supposed to be this deep. So at this point, you got to feel great about where the Miami Heat are in these NBA Finals. So we will find out. Game six, Sunday night, pumped as usual. We will see. Can Miami push it to a game seven? And I will be here for you right after the game, as always. And if you don't know by now, you probably need to find out. Heat Nation. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.